It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com as well as the mobile app. He is Jonathan Casillas. I'm Lance Meadow. Good to be with you and a lot to unravel as we inch closer to the start of the new league year. And a reminder, you give us a ring, 201-939-4513. You can also hit us up on Twitter, hashtag GiantsChat. And as a reminder, you can find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app. Podcast platforms everywhere and Giants.com slash podcast. So, Jonathan, certainly want to get your perspective on Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley since we've had a few shows and we've weighed in on that. And then we'll also get into some other free agency news, the Giants adding back some complimentary players. But it's only appropriate that you weigh in because Daniel Jones finally getting Jonathan Casillas-esque money to make sure that he's secure (laughs) for the future. So we made sure to bring in the experts today so that you could appropriately weigh in on this very itching subject here well i appreciate that sentiment uh but i figured i'd I, set I, you I've up never made anywhere yes. near how much daniel jones is making in his first it's not the time to be modest <laughs> just so you know yeah. well look you know uh I, I think you know i talked about this with you i talked about this with schmelk i think we all knew that the giants number one priority this is a pretty much a consensus all around was to sign daniel jones right um, and in doing that, uh, right before the franchise tag deadline, they were able to franchise the best player on the New York Giants in Saquon Barkley. You know, at a not so happy Saquon uh, Barkley number. You know, because th- the number is lower. The franchise tag number for running backs is lower than I believe the deal that they offered Saquon, according to reports, right, of course, throughout sure. the year, allegedly. Um, you know, so the thing is, though, we, and we talked about this. The Giants players did their thing, Dayball and Wink and Kafka. They did their thing during the season, right? As soon as the season over, every all the attention, the New York Giants, all the work now shifts over to Joe Shane. And as of right now, Joe Shane is doing an incredible job during this offseason, you know, getting this deal done. And people, I, I'm watching a lot of analysts, and they're sitting there saying that they should have franchised Daniel Jones, not knowing that, that $32 million mark would have been on the cap this year and it yep. would have basically handcuffed the Giants. And they would have been able to sign Saquon. So we know this, that because they were able to figure out this deal with Daniel Jones, yes, it's a big number, but we're look at the, the top quarterbacks in the league. They're getting paid $40 million a year and up. You know, Kyle Murray got paid $47 million a year, a year uh, excuse me, last year. And, and for me, I think Daniel Jones is worth it. Because the market for quarterbacks, because the salary cap is going up, is going to increase. And if you don't think he's worth it, I say watch him in 2023 because I think he's going to be worth it. And I don't think it's based on what he's done, not completely. I think it's based on his potential and what he can possibly do because every single quarterback that had a reign for a long time in any given place, it was a quarterback, good defense, solid run game, and most importantly, a great head coach that understands this quarterback. And I think that's what they have here, and that's what have not existed here since 2015, the year I first got here when Coughlin was here. Coughlin's sure. last year. Yep. And I don't think it existed here since then. It's been seven, six years since that happened, 
And I think finally the Giants figured it out. They got the right guy uh, calling the shots in Dayball. And then you got a guy who, uh, of course, he had his lumps and bruises, had a tremendous rookie year in Daniel Jones, had some struggling years. Now you see him as a mature quarterback with not too much around him, making something out of nothing, winning the first playoff game for the New York Giants in 10 years, Lance. That's who you pay it. That's who the guy that's getting $40 million a year. And and then with how everything was structured, Joe Shane was able to do this deal, secure the best player on the New York Giants, Saquon Barkley, and then have some money to go ahead and do some other things in free agency, possibly sign. I think they're going to stay in-house first. I think that's the number one priority is to sign the guys on this team that's already here, that's already proven, that they've already seen. Uh, love, they talked about um, – uh, also, Dexter Lawrence, Extended also Xavier yep. McKinney. You know, guys that are not up quite yet, but for the long term and in the in the, in the in the security of the team, he's looking forward to that. So for me, I give him a ten out of ten, and what he's doing from what he stepped in the building last year to what he's doing now this offseason, I think he's doing a tremendous job, just like the Giant football team did this year. Well, there's no question to your point. The benefit of giving him a long-term deal gives them flexibility in the short term and the long term because you have your quarterback penciled in. And I think Joe Shane emphasized that when he spoke to the media. Now, I want to go to where you were going with respect to, well, what's the next move? Interestingly, Jared Davis, who, remember, joined the team late, played a position you know very well, linebacker. They re-signed him because you can re-up with your own players before the new league year starts. And this was a guy that joined the Giants very late in December. He played the final regular season game, Jonathan, against the Eagles. He was with them for the two playoff games. And I thought he showed some flashes that, you know, nobody's saying that Wink Martindale has the entire linebacker core laid out, but it doesn't hurt to bring back somebody that in a very limited period of time, a veteran presence, seemed to adapt well to the scheme and could be another player in the mix to compete for some of those jobs that are up for grabs. And when you look at defensively, what Wink Martindale and the Giants defense couldn't do this year, they really couldn't stop the run. Absolutely. You know? And yep. and that that is the the, the cog, you know, that middle linebacker, you know, inside the tackle box linebacker position, whatever you want to call it, the guy that's basically making those tackles on those running backs and in, running inside and out, outside of tackles, that's the guy who for 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 me, when he got here, he showed a tremendous you know, uh, it looked like they got better at that position in the run game. I think he, you know, can definitely do better in the pass game. I think that has to come with experience and I have to come. Uh, I think that has to do with comfortability in the defense, you know. So, look, I think, like I said, I think Joe Shane's doing a great job. I didn't know he, they, they signed him. I knew he was one of the guys that they had on the bubble of signing and made possibly a priority. And I think it's great. And they're they're addressing needs. They're not even looking outside the franchise right now. They're handling it in-house business first. And at the end of the day, when you're trying to get your life in order, you got to handle in-house first. And that's exactly what they're doing. Look, I can't give Joe Shane enough compliments. I think he's doing a tremendous job. I'm looking for him to mess up somewhere. Water <laughs> of the fan bases. <laughs> it's it's, but, it's yeah. too good to be true right now, you know? <laughs> no, they're off to a good start because clearly they're prioritizing the internal candidates that you mentioned, and they're giving themselves a lot more flexibility to operate. Interestingly, when he spoke to the media during the Zoom session, he was sharing a story, Jonathan, where he said last year they'd have conversations, and you know this from all the injuries that the Giants had to deal with, and you have to try to find guys off the street, right, to fill in. And majority of the players were out of their price range. They just they yeah. didn't have the financial means. So he said he was having a conversation with members of the front office a few days ago, and they were projecting, you know, where a free agent would come in, what ballpark figure. And he had mentioned, 
one of the guys they said was going to be in the range of maybe two and a half million dollars. And Joe Shane joked, wow, we can actually afford that player this year. <laughs> so, you know, the little things like yeah. that just goes to show you how far along they've come because I don't know where you stand, but I'm not expecting them to make humongous splashes. I think the draft is still important, but hey, to get a guy who's a complimentary player on maybe a two or a three million dollar contract, you add up a few of those guys, Jonathan, as you can attest to, that could go a long way to overcoming some injuries and maybe you get another Jared Davis here or there at various positions and over the course of that season, I think that does add up. Yeah, I think because of the the number of injuries that the Giants had over the last couple years, especially with this last class, losing so many of these younger guys, it's almost like they got two draft classes this year because most of these guys are going to come back and play in 2023. Wondell Robinson, Azudu, some of the guys, Beaver, some of the guys the that look Cordell Fly, right, that a lot of these guys were really good, you know, either earlier in the season or in training camp, and really didn't really get to showcase their talent or skills. So I see that, you know, looming on the horizon for the Giants, getting these guys back healthy in OTAs and hopefully having a healthy off-season training activity schedule and then hitting training camp, you know, fully fully healthy. And and I talk I think I talked about this with Schmelke. The Giants have to figure out how to keep guys healthy. I think the if I'm not mistaken, I saw a number that the Giants had 11 ACL injuries in the last 2 years, which is almost double the next team. That's a problem. That is a huge problem. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's the turf. The Giants do have practice fields right here at 1925. They do have grass practice fields. I don't know exactly what it is, but that number has to come down. Because if that happens again, you know, knock on wood, it doesn't. And you don't want anybody in a key position to happen to. But there was a lot of guys that missed a lot of playing time last oh, year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's the reason why they had to go get these guys off the street. The reason why Isaiah Hodges had to come in. It was good at the same time because the Giants actually got to the playoffs, won a playoff game, had done very, really well this year, and the guys that came in contributed, and they played fairly well. And the thing is, what I like about the Giants and what they've done in 2022 is that they established culture. And now that they have established culture and they signed their main guy in Daniel Jones, their best player in Saquon Barkley, guys that's looking at the New York Giants as a potential landing spot, some of these free agents, some of these guys that not even are free agents but maybe want to leave the situation that they're in, they're looking at the Giants like, I can play for the New York Giants. I know Wink Martindale and that defense that they run over there. You know, like, so the Giants is more of a sexy place now to, to come to. You know, let's, letting Saquon walk or letting Daniel Jones walk, the Giants wouldn't have been such a, like uh, like I said, a sexy place. Yeah, everybody knows about the Maras and the Tishes and the, the beautiful Giants logos and helmets and all that, but it's all about the players. Who do you have here playing for the New York Giants? And some people don't think too highly of Daniel Jones. But if you turn on the film and watch what he did last year, the people I think that's talked negatively about Daniel Jones hasn't seen his body of work in last year. They might have seen years prior, and they've only seen headlines. They might have seen him falling down against the Eagles a few years ago sure. on a long run. You know, so it, it's almost right. It's almost like he was a laughing stock in the league because people aren't really watching him. But I watched every game with you, Lance. Damn near every game we watched together, and we watched this guy develop. We weren't true believers in him, just like the Giants weren't true believers in him before they watched him play. That's why they didn't sign him on his fifth year. 
But now, <laughs> Joe Shane said it. In hindsight, we wish we should have said it. Well, of course. We yeah, but it. who had a crystal ball to <laughs> right. That's why it was still a very good decision. I, I agree. Mean to interrupt yep. you. No, you're good. Hindsight aside or involved in the conversation, when Joe Shane and Brian Dable came in, I think you ask most coaches and executives who have no history with Daniel Jones, why would you lock up a guy who still had question marks about staying healthy? Forget the production, Jonathan. Right. Yep. Are you going to get through an entire season with him? And then is he going to adapt to your new scheme? So, yeah, right now when you got to pay the piper, right, when you got to <laughs> give up that money, of course you wish you had the $22 million fifth-year option. But I still think regardless of how things transpired last season, solid move and decision by Joe Shane. And it, I feel like they did it the right way. You know, there was a lot of questions. And, and you know, we're, we're guys who watch the game, you know, and we study the game. And, you know, we're watching what other people say. We're watching other teams and all that good stuff. So we're making educated decisions as well. Nobody's doing it more than the coaches for the New York Giants, though. Not us. The Giants coaches are doing it more. Joe Shane is doing it more. And they didn't sign. They didn't, they didn't do his fifth-year uh, uh, option for a reason. But after this past year playing ball, watching this guy put the team on his back multiple times throughout the year, I think it was five fourth-quarter comebacks this season alone, which is tremendous. That's Tom Brady-esque. That's Aaron Rodgers-esque. That's, you know, uh, uh, Joe Burrow-esque. Those guys are known for getting in tough situations and winning at the end when the game gets crucial. With all of that being said, with a limited offensive firepower and then also a defense that really couldn't stop the run all year. You know, so I, I see all of that, and I'm like, that's why you pay a guy $40 million a year. It's not about his body of work and what he's done in the past, because if it was like that, then uh, a Lamar Jackson would be getting paid $60 million a year, right? Like, it's not always about that, you know? No, and it's timing. And that's the, what it comes it's down to. It's all about timing. You know, one of, my, one of my good friends, his name is Zane. Shout out to my boy Zane. He's a big Eagles fan. You know, so I've been getting crap at him for a long time. <laughs> and he's like, Daniel Jones is not worth $40 million a year. I'm like, what are you talking about? He was like, that's only like, Mahomes should only be getting that much. I said, first of all, Mahomes is not getting that much because his contract's <laughs> messed up. I said, but when Jalen Hurts hits the market, if he stays on court, he's going to get 50. Yep. He's going to get 45, 50. It's just about timing. It's about timing. It's about when you hit the market. Are you healthy the year before? Did you have a good year the year before? And is the weapons around you there? Is it solid? Is the Giants catch? All of that stuff actually plays into a part, but it's all about timing because if Daniel Jones would have got hurt this year, he would have, number one, probably never been a Giant this, in, next in 2023, or he would have got some for very low, not even the franchise tag. He would have got he would have had to take a BS type of deal because he got hurt, but he didn't. Stay healthy, had a great year, looked amazing, had 700 rushing yards, seven touchdowns on the ground. Yes, he didn't have the offensive passing touchdown proficiency that other quarterbacks had, but he led the league in turnover ratio, uh touchdown to turnover ratio, which is that was the major question about him. He answered so many questions that so many people had, and I think, look, he deserves it. And not only does he deserve it, it's it's almost a friendly deal, given that you can the Giants have some space to do other things and possibly give up a draft pick or you know get a free agent or you know lock up a Dexter Lawrence or Xavier McKinney. Hopefully, they can get Julian Love figured out because he's the guy I think that's next on the agenda of who to sign now. Not down the road, but who to sign now. And hopefully they have enough money to sign that kid. And Joe Shane did indicate that they're going to start having conversations with their internal free agents because they were so caught up in Daniel Jones and yeah. Saquon Barkley. Joe Shane, even when he was talking to the media, he said, you know, they're a little bit behind, at least from his perspective, because you come back from the combine and you're jumping in right to away. immediate negotiations. Yep. You want to hammer out the deal. I think they took a nap and then they were right back <laughs> in the building. Yeah, yeah, well, he had mentioned, Jonathan, that they went nine consecutive days Wow. of negotiating, whether it was in person wow. or remote. 
So it took a lot. That's intense. And Daniel Jones even mentioned he was at the facility. He got a call from his agents about 3.54, 3.55 p.m. Eastern. Four minutes, five okay. minutes before the deadline. Can you imagine? I mean, everybody in the Giants front office is like, that fax machine, yeah, the Wi-Fi better work. I mean, Joe Shane even joked about it, but in all seriousness, no, I mean, you real. know the horror stories yep, yep. in NFL history. When you go yep. down the wire, you know, can you imagine you get a notice from the league? Email came in at 4.02. Sorry, right. guys. You can't do it. I mean, yep. what are you, you going to do? You know what's funny, too? So I got traded in 2014 from the, the Buccaneers to, to the, to the Patriots. Patriots. Sure. And same thing. The trade deadline was at 4 o'clock. I'm on the phone with Bill Belichick at 3.55. Really? Right, we're wow. we're sitting there talking, and I'm sitting there like kind of debating: should I go to the Patriots because their linebackers are 250 pounds? I'm soaking wet. I'm 225. You know what I mean? And, and my my agent was like, "Bro, what are you talking about, bro? Bill Belichick wants you in the middle of the season. You better take your ass over to New England." Wait, so you had an opportunity to sign off on the trade? Is that a well? It was it was more like what? like like they want you, and I'm sitting there like yeah. hesitant, like ah, oh, like is that a good fit for me? Gotcha. You know, but like you know, I, I didn't realize exactly what it was, and I was sitting there. I wanted out of. Tampa, for sure. They weren't playing me. And then I got to New England. My first game, I played only special teams, but I had four tackles on special teams. And right away, they were the believers in me, right away. First person I saw when I walked in the building was Tom Brady. He said, hey, Casillas, welcome to the Patriots. I was like, oh, snap. That's Tom, Tom Brady. Knows me. Tom knows who I am. <laughs> you know, so for me, like, you know, it, it's so crazy when it comes to time, you know, uh, you know, time limits and stuff, like, you know, t- caps and, like, they did it. The Giants yeah. got it done. They figured it out. So, like I said, I can't really talk too highly of Joe Shane, man. He's just done such a good job since he's been here. And finally, we got like a, you know, a, a, a guy that's, you know, witty enough, smart enough, tough enough to deal with this stuff in New Jersey and New York. Because at the end of the day, it's for some reason, it's tougher here than most places. I don't know why. But I've been around, and it's tougher here than most places. I don't know why. Well, and that's why I think his demeanor stands out. When he Mm -hmm. speaks to the media, his negotiating tactics, you could tell. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. Keeps emotions out of it. He definitely looked happy when he was talking about the the, the signing with with Daniel Jones. He definitely looked happy. Well, something tells me he's probably going to get a Z or two in here or there. Because, you know, he was mentioning when he watched Brandon Bean do the Josh Allen negotiations— Bean would walk in some days. He would look like he hadn't slept in forever. So I think he speaks from perspective. 201-939-4513 is the telephone number. You can also hit us up, hashtag Giants Chat. Jonathan, I want to piggyback off of an interesting point you brought up because I know we don't have to think about it because it came to fruition, but you really got to look at it maybe from Daniel Jones's standpoint. Where is he right now if he doesn't have Brian Dable and Mike Kafka? Mm. What those two did... For his career, clearly from a financial standpoint, which is what you were talking about, but also just from an outlook standpoint, right? We're talking about a player, age-wise, still very much hitting the prime of his career. I mean, Joe Shane even mentioned, listen, if we're looking right now at the floor of Daniel Jones, I'm excited to see what his ceiling could become. But I think you've seen this both on the defensive side and the offensive side of the ball, just sharing your story about teaming up with Bill Belichick. What a coach in this league can do for a player. And how maybe we don't talk enough about this, not to take anything away from the players, but if the environment is such an ideal fit and a player buys into what the coach is selling, I mean, is Daniel Jones not maybe the poster child of what can happen within the span of a year? And listen, I don't want to take anything away. I thought Pat Shermer did a really good job. Yeah with Daniel Jones as a rookie. And I feel like that's a little bit overlooked within the Daniel Jones narrative. Even Joe Shane mentioned when we were evaluating Daniel Jones, he said, we liked what we saw as a rookie. 
The problem was the next two, two years, years yeah. unfortunately, did not go according to plan. But Dable coming in, his experience developing quarterbacks. Jonathan, if you look at what Brian Dable worked with, I mean, there were years he was with the Cleveland Browns as their offensive coordinator under Eric Mangini. I mean, he had a mishmash of guys. And I'm not saying that they were putting up enormous numbers, but I think that has helped shape him. It wasn't just being around Tom Brady all those yeah. years in New England. It's the trials and tribulations that he went through. Mike Kafka developing a young Patrick Mahomes. I just, I, I wonder if those two guys don't come in last season, what would we be talking about right now? That's a great question. You know, for me, it's all about, we could speculate, but, you know, I know he wouldn't be getting $40 million a year. I That's think it's fair to sure. say that. Sure. And it won't be, it wouldn't be more. Like <laughs> It wouldn't be more, you know, and. Look, man, it's like you said, we talked about this earlier. It's all about timing. You know, the timing of them coming here, the timing of, you know, Dayball basically being a, a head coach candidate, the timing of the Giants signing him and Joe Shane coming here. Like everything's kind of working in the Giants' favor, you know. So Giants faithful should be happy. You know, I know you guys are praying about the Giants all the time. Keep it up. Keep it. Keep talking to God in the universe, whatever you believe in. Because, look, the, some of those prayers have been answered. And I think moving forward, I think, look, the the chemistry between head coach and 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 uh, quarterback, uh, I think that's there. I think that's a solid thing that the Giants have, and the culture is established. So now you're going to have guys that just bought into the system, and they're going to come in here happy to play. And it's not going to be about me, 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 me. It's going to be about the team on the front, not the name on the back. You know, which is you know, what what you're, what you're taught to do. But everybody doesn't believe in that. You know, I've played with guys on this team that didn't really do that. You know, they didn't really buy into team first, me second. You know, and I think that's the culture that they built here. And I think the poster child are the two guys that they dealt on on Tuesday. Is signing the, uh, the, the the quarterback of the team and signing the guy who I think breathes culture of Dayball and Saquon Barkley. You know, Saquon Barkley, I look, I, I didn't think they would be able to get that deal done given the number that he wanted. And I was like, the, the only way we can get him is if we franchise him. And then he's not going to be happy. But right now, because Daniel Jones got signed for that deal, and then you you put this the franchise tag on Saquon, now the leverage shifts to the Giants. So now Saquon doesn't really have the leverage that he used to have, I feel like. Because sure. it was almost like, if you franchise Daniel Jones, I'm out of here. You know, because you're not going to give me what I want. Somebody else is at least going to get close to that number, me being Saquon, that I want. You know, and he might be looking at that 16, maybe not 16, because he said he's not trying to kill the Giants, but at the same time. Well, that's what Christian McCaffrey, by the right, way. Right, that's, so that's the number one guy. Right, that's the number one guy. Just understand. And, and yeah. that's, if you you you, you got to, you ask Saquon right now, are you the best running back in the league? No question he's going to say yes. Well, I think every player should you know, answer that way. Right, right? You, you want to see confidence. You sure. know, and, and it would be a fair statement to say, you know, so it's like, do you get compensated as such? Can the Giants afford to do that? Those answers are probably no. So, what do you get? Do you get $6 million less than Christian McCaffrey, which is the, the cap? Or can you figure out a deal, given that they're going to pay you $10 million if you don't get a deal done? Do you figure out a deal that maybe is not what they were offering you in October or maybe a little more? I don't know. But it's a little bit friendlier than it would be if you hit the market. And that's where the leverage I think the Giants have right now by being able to franchise the best player at that position because everybody knows and understands that that running back position is a high injury type of position. And it's almost an underutilized position in terms of value, given that a lot of teams do running back by committee. Yep. And this is not back in the days where Emma Smith is getting 400 carries, 350 carries in a year. It's not happening like that anymore. You don't have, a lot of teams don't have bell cows. Some teams do, 
you know, Titans being number one, Derrick Henry. And they're supposedly looking to trade him, by the way. Which is... <laughs> <laughs> That's so life of the, the NFL. The, the, yeah. the, the game has changed, Lance. The game is not, you know, get a running back that can rush for 350 times a year, 12 to 1,500 yards a year, four yards a carry. No, it's more like, can we get a running back that can do three downs? And if we can't get a running back that can do three downs and help us out in the passing downs, then we have multiple backs that can help out on different downs and different situations. And that's what the game is now. The game is evolved to that. The game is evolved to almost the RPO type of running quarterback, do something out the pocket type of quarterback because that's where the offenses are nowadays. So defense have to adapt to that. Offense have to adapt to that. And off-season acquisitions have to adapt to that. And Barkley is a guy that is going to be obviously out on the field for all three downs. Yes. So I don't think he leaves a question with respect to that. I've always referred to him as a weapon as opposed to a running back. But, Jonathan, your point is well taken. I think a lot of teams have moved on from maybe their number one guy because they figure we could go in the draft. He's not going to stress out the salary cap as much. But when it comes to leverage, complete agreement with you. And I think here's why the leverage shifts. If Saquon doesn't get the tag, he could speak to anybody. Right. And here's the kicker. The Giants don't have the right to match. See, the fact that they tagged him, Jonathan. Saquon, let's make it clear. He has every right to talk with 31 other teams. The Giants can't stop him from doing that. But they have the right to match. And if a team wants him then they have to cough up two first-round picks, right. which I don't see happening. Right. But that's why the game of leverage is so key when you could tag a player because, yes, ideally you want a long-term deal, but at least you know the chances of losing that player are extremely slim. Yep. And I think that's the realization that the Giants are looking at. You speak to Joe Shane, and he told the media this. They want to work out some yes. type of a deal. but And they have the leverage now to do that. Correct. Right. Because I think Saquon now, he has to shift towards – you either play on the tag or, to your point, you find the middle ground yep. to provide yourself with security, yes. right? And that's all players want. You know, when you play in the league and you understand how the league works and you say, man, I'm a valuable commodity in this NFL, in the league, right? Like, same thing with me. When I was finishing my last year in uh, in New England, that was year five for me. No, year six for me. That was year six. I just wanted security. That's all I wanted. It didn't really matter where I went. I just wanted security. I wanted some guaranteed money. And I wasn't a $40 million a year wow. type of guy, Lance. <laughs> you know, but I did want security, and the Giants provided me with that. It provided me with some security, and I was home, too. So that was awesome. I see. You know, cake. so it was sure. like it, it, things worked out for me, and I was able to finish my career here, finish as a, as, a, as a captain. And for me, I'm so happy and grateful that I was able to do that. You know, because I was able to get some security. That's all players really want. Does, does Saquon possibly want to break the bank yes but i think he only wants security at the end of the day if i get hurt this year i'm thinking about i'm saquon if i get hurt this year am i going to be okay am i going to be okay and at, at the end of the day i don't think that franchise tag protects him against that you know i don't think you know uh, unless they get some type of deal figured out where he's going to get some guaranteed money because at the end of the day, we all know Saquon's history of injuries. Knock yep. on wood, I hope he never gets injured again. But that's just not the case when it comes to running backs. It's not the case when it comes to linebackers. It's not the case, right? So he has to protect himself, and he needs some type of security. And then, look, like, that's the great thing about having the franchise tag and getting it done with a guy like Saquon is, like, they still got till July to figure out this deal. July 15th. Yep. They got some time to figure it out. So it's almost like – Pressure relief, like a re relief of pressure, a, you know, sigh of relief. And and there's no really pressure in the next few months to figure out a deal with Saquon because all Saquon wants is security. 
And I'm I'm sure Joe Shane did nine days straight of, you know, evaluation, whatever, uh, going back and forth with uh, representation from uh, Daniel Jones. He has a couple months to figure out how do we make our running back feel secure? And that's what he's going to do. I, I have the utmost confidence in him. He's going to get it done. Well, the Giants bought themselves more time mm-hmm. based on what you said, and that certainly is encouraging. And who knows, they could gain more cap space depending on if they can maybe extend a Dexter Lawrence or rework another deal or two. few reminders before we look to obviously open up the phone lines and transition to some other conversations. And feel free to give us a ring at 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat. We're monitoring social media as well. Giants Huddle Podcast. Make sure you go subscribe to that. You can search for the Giants Huddle on your favorite podcast platform or you can listen on the Giants app as well as Giants.com slash podcast. Giants fans, before you know it, we're going to have the 2023 campaign. The NFL offseason flies Take your fandom to the next level with a season ticket membership. You can stay connected to the club all year round. Not just on game days, memberships are now available for the 2023 season. To learn more about all the exclusive member benefits, visit Giants.com slash tickets. Limited inventory is available. And the Giants official connected TV streaming app is Giants TV. It brings you original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to Big Blue fans. Giants TV, it's free. It's on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, as well as the Giants mobile app. Lance Meadow, Jonathan Casillas with you here. Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live, recapping some of the takeaways from Daniel Jones receiving his long-term deal, as well as Saquon Barkley receiving the franchise tag. We also talk about Jared Davis, the latest free agent that the Giants are keeping. Isaiah Hodgins also getting a new deal done with him. So I think it's interesting, Jonathan, now to look ahead. Because I mentioned Joe Shane in his Zoom session. He said, okay, now the focus before the league year starts. And I want to make this clear to our audience. Monday... You can start talking to other players, but only unrestricted free agents. Those are the players that apply before the new league year starts on Wednesday. But the Giants, before Monday comes, nothing's preventing them from talking to their own free agents. That's the benefit of having your own guys. And Joe Shane mentioned the front office. They're picking up the phone now. They're going to talk to agents. They're going to survey the field because you want to know maybe those agents have heard something that this team is going to have X amount of wiggle room for a safety or a defensive lineman. And there's a lot of notable guys that contributed, Jonathan, last year. We brought up Julian Love. So clearly he's one atop the list. The offensive line also should not be overlooked. Nick Gates and John Feliciano, Feliciano, right? They are both free agents. And Gates and Feliciano can both play multiple positions, right? Feliciano, somebody who could be a guarded center. Gates could play. They're tough guys. Very tough. Yes. Mm -hmm. What you want as part of your offensive line, right? I mean, you know from battling these guys from the defensive side, you wonder how much of a market will be out there for those two guys. I mean, Gates, remember, gruesome injury, heck of a comeback story. I would think he loves being here. You know he loves Daniel Jones. I mean, every time he's interacted with the media, but – he has an immense amount of value because depending on how things play out on the offensive line, you could plug him in at guard Anywhere. or you could plug him in at yep. center. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, that's, and tackle as well, but, obviously. And, and but that's, and that's we the don't thing. anticipate that happening. And, and that's the thing, and I think the Giants are going to figure that out. You know, I like Feliciano, and I also like Gates. You know, I've actually spent some time with Gates. He's an amazing human being. Amazing human being. And, like, I think he's just a guy you need around. You know, like, you got to sign that guy just to have him around. You know, he's an energy guy. He's a culture guy. You know, he's a guy that... You know, at the end of the day, if you get into a, a alley you know, in late at night, you know, he's a guy you want next to you. You know, and those are guys I love playing with, Lance. I love guys that 
man, I know he's a tough guy, and if I ever get into a scrap, he's gonna scrap with me. You know, he's not gonna be a guy that's holding me back. No, he's gonna he's gonna get in there with me. Gates is that type of guy. You know, so look, I know he's overcame so much, and he may be limited to where his potential possibly could have been if he never got hurt. But at the same time, I still would take that dog, uh, whatever, an injured dog, a beat up dog, over any dog. At any at any time of the day, you know, I think he's that type of guy, and I think the the Giants have guys like that on this team, you know. And if they're here right now, sign those guys, man, sign them. You know what Nick Gates reminds me of? Have you seen the movie <clears throat> The Replacements? Yes. Keanu Reeves. Yes. Okay. Remember, there's the bar fight mm-hmm. where they're going up against the real players, right. and then they're the guys that are on strike. Gates seems like a guy, and not that we're promoting violence on this program, okay? <laughs> I want to make it clear. I'm just making a movie reference. But I think that speaks to what you were talking yep. about, right? Yep. You bring him to a dogfight in any capacity, Gates is not the one holding anybody back. Right. He's going to get down and dirty. He's throwing first punch. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, he's got that toughness, which yes, you want. Once again, for a position that he plays, you need that type of attitude. Now, in addition to the offensive line, Clearly, there are some other complementary players. And one guy that I brought up, and I was talking with John Schmelk on yesterday's program, I'm curious your perspective. Jihad Ward, I thought, showed a nice group of flashes last season. He's not a guy, he's not going to give you 10 sacks. He's not a guy that may play every snap. But I do think he's a glue guy, attitude-wise. I mean, how many times did we see games, Jonathan, where... He was running out to the edge, made a tackle, and instead of the opposition getting two yards... You know, instead of them getting, excuse me, five yards, maybe they get two yards yeah. from that standpoint. Plus, he knows Wink's defense. To me, there's a value on a player like that. Oh, 100%. But he's in that Nick Gates type of category. You know, he's a guy that I think when, when you want to, if you're getting into it with somebody, you want to look back and be like, all right, I got him behind me. Yep. I think I'm good. I got my backup, you know. And you've seen that happen. You know, uh, I get worked on uh, by the Giants chiropractor outside of the facility every Wednesday, and he's always talking about Jihad Ward. He's always talking about him joking and stuff like that. You need a guy like that in the locker room. You need a guy that'll go ahead and punch somebody in the mouth and then go ahead and tell you a joke, you know what I mean, and make fun of you, you know what I'm saying? And that brings people together, you know, and he's a he's like a, a, a disruptor. You know, he's like literally and figuratively, he's a disruptor. He's literally going to go out there and disrupt offensives all the time. And he comes in the locker room and makes jokes about the quarterback. You know what I mean? And and breaks down walls to kind of bring guys together. You know, and he's a guy that I feel like is essential for the Giants to keep. He may not be a top three defensive lineman for the Giants. That's fine. You know why? Because you need about eight defensive oh, linemen. Sure. Maybe nine defensive linemen along this uh, defensive line. And he'll be one of those guys and he'll be a leader. He might be a captain. He's that type of guy. He's that type of guy that the people believe in. And then when the tough gets tough and the, and the punches start flying, I be, him and Nick Gates is front line for sure. I want to bring up a player that you know very well. And here's another guy that flashed. What about Landon Collins? LC. His future with this team, I mean, Wink spoke very highly of him once he came into the mix. You know, clearly he took on more of a linebacker role. You wonder, and I'm not saying that this is a guy that maybe they're jumping the gun and bringing back immediately, but depending on how the market plays out, and we're talking about depth now. These are the players we're talking about that could play a role, maybe not your starters, but there's room to rotate within the defensive scheme. I thought Landon showed also a lot that there's room and a place to bring him back if the opportunity arises. I agree. And, um, uh, and Schmelke, i tell you, my number two priorities for the offseason was, number one, get Daniel Jones signed. Check. N- number two was get depth. 
get depth, get depth throughout the whole team. No specific position, just depth in general. Landon Collins provide that. I'm talking about quality depth. No offense to none of the young guys that played. Landon Collins was an all-pro player and played at that level at times this past year on a new defense. So there's no question that Landon's going to be a solid contributor, especially as a second-year player underneath this uh, Wink Martindale defense. Landon Collins one of the best safeties I've ever seen play, to be honest. And I've, I've been around some really good safeties in my career. Landon Collins' ability to make plays, his tackling ability is, is second to none. Second to none on the team. At, maybe, I'm talking about linebackers, defensive linemen. He's that good of a tackler. He's, he's tremendous. Now he has another year under his belt with this defense. And, and I talked to Landon. You know, Landon's a great guy. Had a couple kids, very humble. You know what I mean? And he's, he's like, bro, I just want to play football. You get a guy like that, man, he'll do anything for you. You know, so I think he's, you know, evolved from being a young Alabama kid who was, you know, second round draft pick, if I'm not mistaken, sure. having some early success, struggling a little bit in his career, talked about, you know, uh, questioning his coverage ability. Now he finds himself back to where he started at, and he's humble now. He's like, man, I just want to play football. You know, you need guys like that too. So you got some tough guys. You got some guys that are humble, that are incredible playmakers in Landon Collins. And you fill up a roster like that. Now you can go down 95 and compete with that team down in Philly. And that's exactly what they're looking for, as well as the rest of the division, too, because mm -hmm. we know how competitive, we know how tight it is, not just necessarily Philadelphia, Dallas, and Washington, who actually, I would say, Landon Collins had some of his standout games. No surprise, that was obviously his former team. But I think what you're talking about, Jonathan, Really, his life has come full circle. It's given him perspective. And not to say that every player needs that, but when you're young, you know, you're adapting to life in the NFL. I'm sure you experience this. You're learning the business. You can't take everything so personal because, once again, it's part of the business. And I think by going to Washington, maybe it gave him a different lens, different light. And also, by the time he comes back here, now there's new management yep. for the Giants yep. who look at him as a completely different player than when he first left. Yep, and, and it was... You, you you feel slighted sometimes, you know, like which is I, completely understandable. You know, and and I would see for sure him, you know, basically the Giants just letting him leave to the rival, and they paid him fifteen million dollars a year, which is insane. Which is number one, I think number one paid safety in the league at that time. Sure, you know, so it was like he had value, and when you feel like you are a good player and a valuable player, you don't really want to leave where you're at. You know, you want to stay. You know, and you might have felt a little slighted. Now all of that's gone, and then they, they bring him in here, and they gave him an opportunity to play and an opportunity to prove himself. And look, when I was coming out of college, I was undrafted, right? And I went up to my room, and I cried at a certain point because I felt like I should have been drafted. All the scouts had me getting drafted, and I didn't get drafted. And I felt like I wasn't good enough to play. And then my mom came upstairs and told me one thing, and it was the only thing I needed to hear because it's the only thing that anybody needs to hear. All you need is an opportunity. That's all you need is an opportunity. Landon Collins got that opportunity, and boy, did he show up for the Giants this year. Not a lot because he didn't play that much. But when he played, man, was he making some plays. That PBU on um, the, the tight end from the Vikings on the sideline was one of the greatest plays that I've seen the Giants make this entire season. And that's the thing. Landon Collins can make plays like that on a consistent basis. I've seen him do it. You know, So having guys like that who basically are rotating into that safety bunch, hopefully they can get Julian Love signed if they don't. You got a, a good safety, you know, that can play some good ball for you. Because at the end of the day, you got Xavier McKinney playing free. That's the guy who's basically going to be going sideline to sideline. And you got the strong safety who's basically going to be in all the run fits. That's Landon. 
That's Landon Collins. So the Giants right now are looking at depth. They're providing depth. They, they have their, their number one. They got their quarterback. They got their best player in Saquon. Now you have to provide depth because as we see the team down in Philadelphia, the team down in Dallas, those guys are deep. They're not only just talented in their starters, they have guys coming off the bench, they have guys rotating in that are really good players. The Giants don't have to look of how they can get back to the playoffs again. How do you win to your division? How do you survive your division? You don't have to look no further than 90 miles down the road, bro. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? They don't even fly to Philly. We drive to Philly. <laughs> That's the team that we're competing against. You don't got to look further. And it's to be a great measurement stick to how we measure up against Possibly the best team in the NFC year after year. Well, the Eagles, they had defensive linemen who were backups that could start for 31 they other were teams. They're all so, pro players, yeah, I mean, bro. If, if that doesn't tell you what you need, <laughs> then I don't know what does. But once again, things fluctuate, right, year in and year out. You don't necessarily keep everybody based on salary cap restrictions. Philadelphia is going to have challenges. Dallas is going to have challenges and so forth. And we're talking about what the Giants should prioritize moving forward. And we want to hear from you. We brought up Jihad Ward. We brought up Landon Collins. We brought up John Feliciano, Nick Gates. Who would you target? We're focusing on, obviously, the Giants, their own free agents. Who do you want to see brought back? Who should they turn their attention to immediately? 201-939-4513. You were talking about your own personal experiences, Jonathan, with New England and New Orleans, and I was bringing up the dynamics of the relationship between the quarterback and the offensive coordinator, the head coach. I'm not in no means comparing Daniel Jones to Drew Brees, but something tells me, I think you saw that, even though you're on the defensive side of the ball, the relationship between Sean Payton and Drew Brees, how they were interlocked, and I don't think that's a surprise as to why they lasted together as long as they did. Oh, absolutely. But that's the thing. You you know, every now and again, you know, lightning can strike, you know, out of nowhere, right? But at the end of the day, when you talk about dynasties and good teams over a prolonged period of time, I think a quarterback has to be there and it has to be a great head coach and they have to have some type of synergy together. You know, and that's what you see, I think, right now that formulated this year in 2022. You saw some stuff that happened in that first game, right? Going for it late in the, in the, in the game. Then also kind of like him getting, you know, like, you know, I want to say, you know what I mean? Like, Day, Day Ball was on Daniel Jones in that oh, game. Oh, sure, yeah. He was on him. Yeah. But he took it. He And he received it. Tough love. It was tough love. I couldn't, I, I wanted to curse, but I'm like, all right. Don't well, say that curse word. So don't say that curse word. Don't say that curse. It was like eight curse words that were coming up in my head. I couldn't say any of them, Lance. <laughs> you hit the self-edit. Right. <laughs> we're greatly It was like a blank. Yes. Because I was going to say a whole bunch, whatever. But it was the tough love that, that he got. And it was early on in the season. And then. It was after that. I don't think you've really seen it too much after that because I think it was like, okay, I understand this now. I understand how this is going to work between us. And I think that was said by both sides. You know what I mean? Well, I think you bring up an excellent point. Once again, you could shed light on this much more so than I can, having been in locker rooms. But there are teams where I'm sure you hear back from players and they see it visually, Jonathan. There is a double standard where certain players are treated yes. differently right the rest yes. of the roster. Now, from an optic standpoint, and this is what stood out to me about Brian Dable, he was going at as hard on Daniel Jones on the sideline as he would a Jack Anderson yep. on the offensive line or any other player. And I would think if I'm a player, whether I'm number one on the roster, I'm 24, I'm 32, however you're counting at home, yep. that says a lot to me as a player that he's holding the guy who's getting the most money who's eating up the most salary cap space 
He's holding them accountable yep. as much as he is the guy that's just scratching the surface to stay on the roster. Yeah, and that, like you said, that's huge. I think that's a great boost for morale. I think that's a great boost for culture, and that's what they've established it. He did that game one. He did that game one right away yep. and basically let guys know. And, you know, cameras are on everywhere. You know, there's no Good hiding. Good luck avoiding Right, yes. there's no hiding. So anything that happens on the football field, whether it's on the field or off the field, it's going to be recorded. You know, so everybody saw it, and at the end of the day, I think – Look, the guys were like, okay, I understand where this is going. I understand that, man, look, I got to be on top of my game. And I think Daniel Jones understood that. And even Dayball understood that. You know, because at the end of the day, you know, this game, yeah, it's 100 yards on the field, but this is a game of inches. You know, and everything counts and everything matters. You know, the conversation that you have between plays, the conversation you have in that 15 seconds that you can talk on the headset, all of that stuff matters, man. So when you're sitting there, you're figuring out, like, man, my quarterback did a dumb decision or whatever he thought of the the play that he made i have to address this right now because this is gonna this is the problem that's hurt the giants of the last few years and he got it addressed and and he threw five interceptions if i'm not mistaken on the year well it was an extremely low number extremely low yeah. number and it was top in the league one of the lowest numbers in the league sure well you mentioned earlier one of the best touchdown to interception ratios. you know so for for me baby that don't happen without that moment you know what I mean? Like, of course, you know, it's it all speculation. Yeah. Right, it's all speculation. But at the same time, we knew the problems that Daniel Jones had. And that was a question that everybody had about Daniel Jones. Can he protect the football? When he gets sacked, is he going to fumble every time? Is he going to throw 13, 20 interceptions this year? And he answered those questions. Now it's like, all right, can we get some guys around him so he can have some success in the passing game and maybe have a prolific passing year, which he's only had, I guess, I wouldn't even call it his rookie because he had 26 touchdowns, but his his interceptions were high. His well, fumbling I mean, the was TD up. The interception ratio wasn't that bad as a rookie. Mm -hmm. I would classify if you're looking for the standout statistical year, Jonathan. To me, it's the rookie. The rookie year. year. Yeah, 2019. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about 24 touchdowns. What was his completion percentage? Completion percentage was 62. 62. See, yeah. and this year was 67. So yeah. he's in, he's improved as a passer, even though his touchdown numbers aren't there. And that's the thing. A lot of guys are so like, oh, my gosh, he's only had 15 you know, touchdowns this past year, and you give him $40 million. That means you don't watch the Giants. That's what that means to me. Like all of these guys that's talking about Daniel Jones, and I'm like, okay, I want to hear your point. Give me a good point. Those are not good points. Those are points that you're making because you're looking at the numbers. Sure. That means you didn't watch the games. You know what I mean? Like if you're not watching the games, you don't know Daniel Jones' value. You don't. Am I right? We well, watched them. Yeah. It's the fantasy football experience, right. I would argue. And he's terrible fantasy football. And, and, well, at times he was actually really good, you know, when he lit up the Vikings for sure. You know, so look, and, and the Colts too. Like, look, Daniel Jones, he's the franchise quarterback. I called him this years ago and people laughed at me, you know. And I had questions throughout the whole time because of that turnover ratio. I, th I thought he was a guy that fumbled the ball. I thought he made some terrible decisions at times. But look, when you start correcting the negative parts of your game, and then all of a sudden you start flourishing. Look, it makes sense to me why they signed him for as much as they did because he's a guy that had some some things that was negative about his game and some deficiencies there, and he improved them. Not only did he improve them, he was one of the best guys at that in the league in, turn, in terms of turning the ball over. The other thing I think when it comes to contracts, and we're going to open up the phone lines here in a second, is the Can fact we get a that phone call in, we please, will, Lance? We will definitely. <laughs> what, you don't like talking to me? I know. I have that effect on people, so I don't blame you. No, but the last point I just want to make here is you look at what Daniel Jones means to the Giants, vice versa. 
Jones knows if he put himself in a position to have to learn another new offense, who knows where his career goes. So from that standpoint, there's value in staying. And then from the Giants standpoint, it goes back to what Joe Shane had mentioned earlier this offseason, which I thought was interesting. When you invest in your own, you're operating with known commodities. You're not playing the guessing game. You're not wondering how they're going to adapt to your scheme. So whether they could do better or not at quarterback, you got to put that to the side. They know Daniel very well. They've been in the building with him for a year. There's a value on that as opposed to going from an external standpoint. And I think that sometimes gets lost in the conversation. With that being said, let's open up the lines. Let's hit up Len in Columbia, Maryland, joining us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Len? What do you got for us? Hey, hey, guys. How you doing? Doing right. How you doing? Hey, hey, quick, quick, quick comment for uh, Jonathan. Jonathan, you you sound like you think the Giants have had a good week. Oh, I think I had a tremendous <laughs> week. Good. I don't think it does it justice. Oh, to the yeah. You are, Not at all. Jonathan you feels. Are, you, are, you are right on with that. It's just it's, it's a great week for the Giants. It's a great week for the fans. It's a great week for Daniel. Great week for Barkley and for Shane. I mean, just, just a terrific job. You know, I'm thinking uh, we we got we got a chance here, and um, I got my I got my fingers crossed here. Um, you, you know, we we might have our ten best players locked up here in, in a few days. I don't think there's many teams that can say they've got their ten best players locked up going into the season. I, I mean, these two guys are terrific football players. Man, you got to sign your stars. You you got to keep your best players in the fold. Man, I. Good job, Joe Shane. I mean, that, that's that's just terrific. I mean, I mean, I, you know, these guys are. I mean, these guys are the future. You you got to keep them around. I mean, it was just just a terrific job, just a terrific job. And you know, it's a great day, great week, and uh, to be a Giants fan. And hopefully, the season works out the way all Giants fans want it to work out. Um, quick quick comment on quick quick comment on you know the Gates Feliciano thing. Uh, man, I, I believe everything you guys were saying about Nick and and John, John Feliciano. But you know, the bottom line is going to be, man, can can they pass block for you know for Daniel, and can they open those holes up for Saquon? Um, you know, as teammates and as you know, you know, as men you want on your team, I, I agree with it. But man, we we got to get an upgrade on the interior offensive line. Hopefully, it's Nick. Hopefully, it's Feliciano. I don't want to see him gone. I'm just wondering whether or not, you know, they can do the kind of job that we need done inside to move us up one more step in the playoffs, one more step. But, hey, you, you probably got other calls, so let me finish up. Uh, man, I share your enthusiasm, Jonathan. It's just this was, this was a great week. You know, I, walked in, I was walking into a Starbucks at 357 on Tuesday, and I was thinking the worst. I was thinking this is going to be a horrible day in Giants football. <laughs> By the time I grab my latte at 4.02 and I'm walking out and I'm hitting refresh and the words coming in, I changed my mind. I said immediately said to my <laughs> jump back in the car. I said to my wife, great day to be a Giants Must fan. Must have been a great we latte. Got both yeah. time. We got them both signed. <laughs> sure. All right. I like, all right. appreciate temper, the phone call. I'll temper, my, I'll temper my enthusiasm. Thanks for taking my You got it. Appreciate the phone call. Appreciate it, Lynn. And – it did come down to the wire. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. It just goes to show you the inner workings of what goes on in the NFL and the interactions with the league office. That's why Joe Shane joked that they had about seven different versions of an email to send into the league to have it ready. God forbid they had to go in a variety of different directions with respect to the tag as well as a long-term deal. Wilson is in Roxbury joining us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Wilson? What do you got for us? Hey, guys. How are you? Jonathan. What's up? What's up, Papa? How are you? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, 
Hey, listen, I, I'm very happy for Daniel Jones. You know, I, I, I was I was very uh, animate about the money. I, was, I wasn't that I... I you I didn't want him to get paid, Wilson. You was thinking 30, no, 25. No, no. I remember. Hey, listen, man, I'm glad he got the money. I just didn't want... I don't care. I didn't care how much money he got. I just want the team to get better. That, that that was my main issue. And hopefully now with this loan deal that they can get group pieces around him. And I hope, you know what? I hope also, man, that Daniel Jones shuts everybody up because the negativity, right, that this poor kid gets for some crazy reason, it's just mind-boggling. I mean, he's got as much, he's got as much playoff wins as Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson. Mm. Kirk well, that's not true. Is that Dak, Dak has more wins okay. than Daniel Jones. Yeah, Wilson, come on. Wilson. I mean, you know, it's amazing some of these phone calls we get from Wilson. I mean, he digs real deep into those archives. I don't know how accurate those archives are. Oh, <laughs> no, no, but 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 listen, but uh, you know, I just don't get, I just don't get it. Why, uh, uh, guys? I just don't get why. Like you hear, well, you know, Wilson. Guys. See, I, I know his thinking. I, I I think I have you read pretty good. You love to feel the influence of sports media. Yeah. You think these players, and the fans, and yeah, social and, and media, that they yeah. they're scrolling on their phones every five seconds. All Daniel Jones. He's like the heck with the playbook. Yeah. Brian, excuse me, I've got to read Twitter. I'm not caught up yet on all the criticism that has come my way. When we have time, yeah. we'll then assess what we're going to do for this week. I'm not yet through all of the readings. I, no, I think you put too it, much it, stock in all of no, that. I think you do. Lance, listen, no, I don't, man. But it, just, it bothers me, especially as a Giants fan, that this poor kid, like, like, listen, for all the greatness that Jalen Hurts has and everything, look, man, he throws all those deep throws, they're ducks. Wilson, did you watch the Super Bowl? Did you see the throw that he made in the back of the end zone to A.J. Brown? I mean, that couldn't have been placed any perfectly. I Listen, I understand you're a Giants fan. I get it. I understand. But, you know, that doesn't mean we got to throw. See, here's the thing, Wilson. You're guilty of doing everything that you're accusing the media of doing to Daniel Jones. Think about that. No, no, listen. Listen, 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 Lance, man. But, but, okay, so he he gets one milligram. But listen, another touchdown he throws in the in the in the Super Bowl. I mean, the defensive back falls down. Otherwise, it, it, I mean, I could have made that interception. Oh <laughs> man, <laughs> sure. Wilson, I, I Wilson, where are we going? Yeah, I'm sure the Eagles secondary would agree. I mean, Wilson, I'm gonna drop you as a caller here just for the goodness of your reputation, because I'm worried <laughs> if we let you continue to rattle off. I don't know what our audience and the rest of us are going to say. Listen, when you call back, you can't just say crazy statements, right, that really aren't true, right? We're, we all watch Jalen Hurts throw the football. He can spin that thing, brother. Yes. He can spin it. He don't throw a lot of ducks. If it was, it was once. It was a one-off, right? You know, and listen, I don't want to compare Daniel Jones to anybody, you know, because there's only one Daniel Jones. There's only one Jalen Hurts. I don't want to compare him to anybody. There's only one Lamar Jackson, right? There's only one Carr. Right, we got the guy that fits for the New York Giants, and that's just what it is, you know. Eli Manning could he have success that he had in six was it sixteen or seventeen years here in New York for another team? I don't know. Probably we don't know. I mean, the environment shapes the player, Jonathan. No, and not to interject. I want to let you continue, but there are a lot of people that have the debates if Philip Rivers comes to the Giants and Eli goes to the Chargers. Everybody wants to have those hypotheticals. I don't know. Right. You You, you you don't know. know. I Mm -hmm. mean, if Ben Roethlisberger goes elsewhere, remember, Big Ben got an opportunity because of injuries to Tommy Maddox and a Mm -hmm. few other guys. Who knows? Maybe he doesn't start as early in his career as he does. And he went undefeated his rookie year. Like, you you never know until, like, you get to the year and you see the guy playing. Like, you know, 
when Daniel Jones got drafted, I was like, okay, what are we doing here? Right? Everybody thought, God rest his soul, Dwayne Haskins was the guy that they should have got. You know, and, and, you know, the kid didn't play good football early in his career, you know? And Daniel Jones did when he was a rookie. He played good. Well, I remember, he came into that game. I remember, remember the Tampa Bay game. He went in there and, oh, man, was he was debut. so good sure. against Tampa Bay. And then, of course, he's had up and downs. But that's the thing about Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has tried. He's tried and he had tribulations. Like, he's not a guy who hasn't been through the war. He's been through war, bro. He's been through drug and the Giants media – all over, it's not even just Giants. Sports media have raked this guy through the coals. You know, so he's battle-tested. It's very tough to win in New York. There's only been really one quarterback that's won in New York. It's Eli Manning. And I'm talking about both teams. I'm not talking about the one up in Buffalo. I'm talking about the ones right here, New York City. I'm talking about these teams right here that play at MetLife Stadium, which is right here. It's hard to win here. Nobody has really won here consistently besides Eli Manning. So let's see what Daniel Jones is all about. Now we get him on a deal. While we get the running back. Now let's do let Joe Shane get the work. Well, excuse me. Continue his work. And let's see the pieces that we can build. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's gonna go through the NFC is gonna go through the NFC East. It's gonna go through the NFC East. Until Philly falls off a cliff, it's gonna go through the NFC East. Tom Brady's gone. Aaron Rodgers is probably moving. Right. What other teams right now besides the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles right now are threatening to win the NFC? No, I think that's a very Seattle. Valid point. You could throw Seattle, San Francisco. That's the NFC West. Who else, though? The Giants got two, possibly three teams in their division that are going to be one of the better teams in the NFC on a consistent basis until something drastically changes in their franchises. And that's what the Giants have to deal with. The Giants have to deal with these incredible teams with incredible players that are deep, that that has made playoff pushes in the last few years. The Giants have them in their division twice a year. The Giants had to get better. They did get better. Just by signing the guys that they had last year, they got better. Well, the league fluctuates, as you know, but I think if we're operating on paper, I'm completely with you. I don't think there is a division that has more depth right now than the NFC East. And every also, year is different, too. Every sure. year different. Well, that's why I every said that's the caveat. Down, right? But if you're operating based on how this season ended, and let's say we take all four teams, we put them in a bubble, and we just carry them into next season. And remember, let's see what happens with Washington at the quarterback position. I would say you're not going to find many divisions, substance-wise, that go in knowing who their quarterback is, right, to the following season. Dallas has Dak. Eagles have Jalen Hurts, Giants have Daniel Jones. Let's see what happens with Washington. Yep. But you look at these other NFC divisions. Are the Bears sold with Justin Fields? Right. I don't think they should draft another guy, but it's fair to question that. The Lions is Jared Goff, the long-term guy. If Aaron Rodgers gets traded, Kirk Cousins may be the only guy in the NFC South. Other than Derek Carr to your Saints, nobody else right. has any answer there. And then in the NFC West, Kyler Murray's coming back from a torn ACL. Yep. We got to see what happens there. Matthew Stafford was hurt last year. San Francisco, do we know? Is it Brock Purdy? Right. Is it Trey Lance? Yep. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be yep. a free agent. Mm -hmm. And Geno Smith's back. So, yeah, your point is well taken. There's no doubt about it. The NFC East has probably the most answers under center than any other division. Yep. And and look, uh, I looked at it last year, and, and halfway through the season, um, we played Dallas once, and we lost, and we Philly was coming up. And I was all year I was looking like, man, I'm scared of this Philly team. I'm so scared of this Philly team. You know, in terms of like what they bring to the table, you know, and the thing is, 
until Jalen Hurts shows me otherwise, and until they 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 just fall off the face of the, the earth in terms of the depth that they have on defense and offense, they're going to be the team to beat. You know, they're going to be the team to beat. So, you know, when when Shaq was in the NBA, right, you draft guys to make sure you can defend Shaq, right? That's what you got to do when you have a, a team like the Lakers back in the late 90s, early 2000s with Kobe Bryant and all those guys. Shaq was there. You have to – the league changed because of these guys. That's the NFC now. And then also the AFC. The AFC is going to go through Arrowhead, right? And as of right now, for the last few years and how I'm looking, the, the NFC right now is going to go through Philly. The Giants have a great opportunity because they play them twice a year. The Giants have the front row to beating the number one team in the NFC. Like, I keep saying this over and over again because it's the truth. You know, at the end of the day, these are going to be the guys that dictate. I'm talking about the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. Who makes it into the playoffs, you know? And they showed it last year, you know, at the end of the year. These guys play good football when it counted. And I'm talking about both. The, I don't like neither one of those teams. But I'm just being a realist right now. Sure. You know, the Giants are improving. And people are looking like, you know, oh, what does it take the Giants to make the Super Bowl? No. What does it take the Giants to win the dang division? That's the first step to make the playoffs. Right. You got to win the division because yeah. those are the teams that's going to get to the playoffs. 100%. You know, and you can throw Washington in there as well. Want to squeeze in another phone call before we move on here. Ron is in New Jersey joining us here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's happening, Ron? Hey, guys. Happy to talk to you. Uh, Lance, I heard you last night on Channel 82. Nice job. Appreciate it. Thank uh, you for tuning in as we cross-promote uh, other avenues. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan, I agree with everything you said about the NFC being wide open, but you forgot, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to age myself. I didn't say the NFC was wide open. No, no, you forgot, I said no, it's going to go through Philly. <laughs> you forgot Phil Sims. Phil Sims was a successful quarterback in this town. And so. Jeff Hostetler would like you, a seat you, at the table you, as well. Got you. But yep, yes, yep. No disrespect to my well boy taken. Phil. Sure. My Jersey so brother. anyway, Kerry Collins too. Let's not forget Kerry. Kerry, well, Kerry oh, doesn't have oh, hardware though. Yeah, I, I think that's that that's the biggest difference. He did get to a Super yes. Bowl though. That's well, pretty good. But you know, hey, it's about winning the hardware. That's what we're classifying as. John Schmoke weighs in. But go ahead, the floor is yours, Ron. As yeah. we go back in so, the archives, the archives I, 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 that are accurate, I, uh, I should say. Right. Yes. Right. That's that part. I, yeah. Sorry, Wilson. I like not the, the Wilson archives. I, I like the deal. <laughs> I'm happy with the Daniel Jones deal. People calling in talking about the money, I would just tell them something I learned a long time ago. Don't count other people's money. Mm. Yeah, no, right I, I, listen. And wish him well. I want him to meet every one of his incentives. Mm. And I know, I know you guys all talk from time to time on um, the rate, the, the cap, and I know it's the end of the show, but here's what I just don't understand. It's $19 million against the cap this year. Do the Giants choose that number? Is there a formula for that number? Does that mean next year it's much higher? Does it yeah. all have to be No, well, 100%. It seems well, like it's always lower. Well, Ron, let me jump in. I mean, the bottom line is with the signing bonus, you can spread that out across as many as five years. So that gives teams flexibility where you're not absorbing it all into one year. And that's why you can fluctuate where, yes, you can manipulate that and you can manage that. But, yes, to your point— it's not going to be even, the cap hit across the board. If it's a lower number early on, the books have to be balanced, so the number is going to increase moving forward, to answer your question. And, and then presumably the thinking is that the salary cap will be higher. Exactly. You, you want to have, take- bingo, you want to have the higher numbers later on because you're anticipating the cap is going to go up, so you'll have more wiggle room to absorb that. And also, 
you know, maybe, for example, you restructure it, you add a little bit more money later on. I mean, Joe Shane even mentioned in his Zoom session, they already have dead money that's carried over to 2024. So, you know, that's why you got to have a budget and you have to balance the books accordingly. And uh, every team has the same problem. Sure, 100%. No exception. Well, when people call up to to your show and say, well, what are we going to do after we pay Daniel Jones $40 million? So every team is paying their team quarterback. You, you, know what it, you know what it is? You know what it is, though? It's it's confusing. You know, it's it's very confusing yeah. how they do it. Because I'm sitting there listening to Schmelke. I'm listening to everybody because I didn't truly understand it. You know, I'm I'm sitting here trying to understand. You don't listen to me though. Just I do, so I, I do. Yes, I watch ahead, both. Yeah. I watch y'all yesterday. Y'all my guys, man. Chill out, Lance. Lance is my guy, bro. We be in that New York studio together, bro. Yes, I'm with you. You know, but it's a confusing yeah. thing, bro. I played in the league for nine years, and I'm still learning about it. No, it is. You know, convoluted. so yeah, you, I, I don't. You know, I'm I'm a football fan, fifty something years, a season ticket holder, and but when it comes to the salary cap, I find myself just. No, but you asked a great question. You asked a great question that I'm sure so many people had. I had that that question, but I had to listen and I had to do my research and understand like, oh, wow, this helps the Giants instead of signing the franchise tag, which would have hit for 32, whatever the number was this year. That saved, quick math, $13 million, if I'm not mistaken. No, you're on point. And, Mm -hmm. Ron, no, I appreciate you bringing up that question. We're going to let you go because we're up against the clock here, but thanks so much for tuning in. And I'm glad he did ask that because I think a lot of people had the same exact question that they were thinking about. Wait a minute, how does 32 become 19? Right, from 40. higher later on because once again that's why you have a specialist on staff in who's up there abrams who's up there kevin abrams that's right well joe shane even was extremely complimentary of what kevin abrams did in terms of doing a lot of the heavy lifting you need somebody just like a head coach real quickly they have somebody up top to give them a different perspective of timeouts and replay you need somebody in the front office if you have a question about all right if we give this guy x amount of dollars over this many years what's the cap hit can we make it work how much wiggle room we have You have specialists, both on the field and off the field. And with that being said, that is going to wrap up a very busy, a (laughs) mathematical-esque Big Blue Kickoff Live Thursday edition. We certainly appreciate everybody tuning in. Back up and running again on Friday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. Reminder, today's episode, part of the Giants platforms everywhere and Giants.com slash podcasts. For Jonathan Casillas, I'm Lance Meadow. Stay locked to Giants.com for all the latest, and we'll speak to you on Friday right here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Have a good one.